Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombus, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombus. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Oh, hello, 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 and welcome to The New Normal. This is the show in, where, in which we talk about life and feminism in quarantine. How are you all today? I accidentally started the video in on the DF Dubs account, so I hope all of you who joined us there uh, can come over here. I have bothered to do makeup today, so you will notice a significant change in my skin texture because I don't look sort of bright red and sort of not exfoliated I've exfoliated I put on makeup and I look 10 years more glamorous I don't really know what that means I'm a feminist but I every time I do this I think just do it every day it takes five minutes why don't you do it someone's saying they don't understand me is that because is that an, is that a technical issue no uh all right let me bring on rubes one second uh, Rubes is not on here. So uh, in the meantime, I will busk by telling you about uh, the New Normal T-shirts. You can find New Normal T-shirts on uh, the glasses of Trelise Cooper. They're actually sending me some new glasses, which I'm very excited about. Um, you can find T-shirts on the guiltyfeminist.com under merch. And the merch store are taking no profit. It all goes to our guest. I'm actually wearing a Choose Our NHS t-shirt today for Choose Love. And you can buy those on ASOS. And if anyone's worried about ASOS's uh, standards and values, uh, please go to the frequently asked questions on Choose Love because they seem to have sorted all that out. So, um, hello, hello. Someone says, wow, all that plugging has paid off. Or I don't know what plugging. What plugging? Oh, Trelise Cooper. Yeah, I mean, I genuinely was asking the question, answering the question, where'd you get those glasses? Because my other ones were like my signature ones and the arm broke off. Uh, and then they didn't have the right strength. So I wrote to them and said, hey, here's all the times that I've posted or done press in these glasses. Is there any chance I can buy? I'm happy to buy them, but like, I just want them in the right strength. Do you have them? And then they were like, we don't but we could send you the frames and we could send you some other ones and, and uh, you could be our brand ambassador. And I'm like, I am, I, I, I'm like, I had a lovely conversation with them. That was so nice. Um, I am a big brand. I'm an accidental brand ambassador for, so I've, I've only ever had Trelise Cooper glasses that I've bought, but they're going to send me some freebies. And then I think I might have to say ad. I just found out. I didn't realize. I thought you only had to say ad if you took money. 
uh, not free stuff. But I think you might have to say, I've, I found that out. You might have to say that anyway. I might take these off because look, I've done eyelashes today. Um, but now I can't see the screen to bring rubes on. Okay, so welcome to the new normal, the show in which we talk about life and feminism in lockdown. Yesterday we had Rubes J. Walsh, soon to be Dr. Rubes J. Walsh, uh, who is uh, um, a guilty feminist. She's been a lot of guilty feminists quite a few times, Rubes. Um, and she gives us a lovely neuropsychologist's view of all sorts of interesting things that pertain to feminism. And uh, yesterday uh, she told us a lot about skin hunger and also why marginalised groups might uh, suffer from certain conditions more than others, because once you're... I'm going to let her sum this up, because I feel I may sum this up in a way that is not 100% scientifically accurate, so I'm going to bring rubes on. Uh, so uh, what does it say? Can you do an I'm a feminist but? You look great, by the way. Can I do an I'm a feminist but? Thank you very much for saying I look great. I'm a feminist but I was more... I'm, I'm, I'm very flattered by that compliment, and that's made my week. Uh, soon Diet Coke. Oh, hold on. Okay. The new normal is brought to you by Diet Coke. They don't know that, but I'm hoping if I say it every day, they'll give me £10,000 as a joke. Okay. Let me bring Rubes on. Rubes J. Welsh in five, four, three. Now we're still waiting. I actually straightened my hair today as well. I'm a feminist, but I straightened my hair to do a Zoom call. Um, it, it still needs, it needs work, to be honest. Needs, it needs a, needs a wash. It's Friday night. I really wish I'd got myself a vodka soda for this for this call. I haven't. I'm still waiting for Rubes. I've, I've invited her, but no such Rubes has appeared. Let's see. Do you know what? I'm, I might take it off um, Wi-Fi, because it might be my end, and put it on to 4G. Is Rubes here? Rubes is unable to join. Okay, this is bad news. Okay, maybe it's at Rubes's end. That seems like it's Rubes's end if she's unable to join. Um, so I'm going to wait and to see if, because it, it's not letting me out her here. Is, is she saying anything on here? Uh, no, have you? Okay, all right. I'm going to answer some of these questions while we wait for Rubes to come back. Oh, hold on. Is, is this Rubes back? Yes, this is Rubes back. Okay. Waiting for Rubes. Okay, let me ask us some questions. Uh, Hello. Hey! Hello. We finally, we're finally on. We're back. Okay, but I promised, thank you for coming back. You're the first person to come back two days in a row, but you were too damn interesting with your throbbing science brain. Um, brain. Most people can only talk about themselves, but you can talk about the human race, and that is a fascinating. <laughs> um, someone says, Reese Witherspoon has gone live too, but I'm staying here. Thank you. We are better than than Reese Witherspoon to, I mean, not objectively, but to this person who called nil, Nilly Photo Sunsets and such. I'll take it. Hello from New Zealand. Hello, New Zealand. Uh, been extra tactile since learning about skin hunger. Very good. Um, I cut my own and someone said today, it's nice. It's so nice it stays. It's nice so it stays. Uh, you cut your own hair. I'm, I mean, I might do that at some point. Um, I was supposed to be in London at the Apollo tonight. Yeah, you and me both, babe. Well, this was out. We, we were meant to be playing Habersmith Apollo tonight. 
first, would have been my first time playing the Apollo. I've never played the Apollo before. Yeah, I've never been really asked to be live at the Apollo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, if you're watching live at the Apollo, I would love to do it. Have Zelinsky make you one, but I don't know what, make me one what? Oh, a vodka soda. He's watching a movie. I mean, I could ask him. Have you cut yours or Tom's hair yet? No. Oh, you've got, have you got one? Oh, man, have you got a woo-woo? Mm -hmm. Vodka no. soda later with the last bit of cranberry. Have you got vodka soda and cran? That's my drink. No, I have a cosmopolitan. That's my oh drink. Oh, my God. That's not so unfair. Um, <laughs> not a question. Just want to say how inspiring you are. Thank you, Miranda. Uh, hello from Germany. Nova Scotia. Hello. How's your dancing going? Very well, I'm happy to say. I'm loving it. I mean, can I say, Rubes, today, mm. this, is, this is my, you know, I don't want to turn this into a therapy session where you have to be the therapist. I mean, I'm not qualified. <laughs> that's not stopped us before. No, true. <laughs> you, you know what I'm like with you. I'm like, you're the science most sciencey person I know. Weigh in. <laughs> science um, is science, right? <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> if you're more sciencey than me, answer all of the science questions outside your areas of expertise. I think your educated guest is going to be more educated than my uneducated guest, so I'm good with that. We're not claiming that this is a highly researched show with footnotes. No, true. It's we, why we, don't I mean we can make one of them, but that's not what this is. We I think we should do that. a weekly show called Educated Guests with Rubes Walsh, where I come on and interview you, and then. We just have people ask questions. Just random and questions. We just and I go, just guess Rubes the will give you an educated guess. <laughs> I think that's a good idea. Educated guess. And I could do educated guesses about feminism. Yeah. So we could do educated guess with, with Deb and Rubes. We'll, we we'll have, have a go at answering your questions. We could have buzzers like, like for the Minefields episode. Oh, yeah. It could be like, ding, I don't really know this, but I'm going to say anyway. Yeah, I've got, a, <laughs> I've got an educated guess. It's that's a great guess. idea. And if you know, you have to defer, you have to transfer to the other person. You have to say, you have to have a go at this first. Yes. Because I actually, my, it's not an educated guess. I've got a fact here. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. It is funny. We yeah. may have come up with a new format, Instagram Live. So that means that anyone who was on this owns a piece of the format, sadly. So we have to split it 151 ways when we sell it to TV. Oh, well. I mean, Support you know. other feminists. That's what we do. Yeah, that's true. Someone says fucking brilliant idea for a show. I mean, it's a cute, it is definitely a cute idea. Whether or not it would have legs outside lockdown, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's a lockdown. It's, an, it's, an it's a very lockdown, lockdown thing. Why don't <laughs> we just do it spontaneously when we're both free? We're like a spontaneous educated guess. Um, I think that's a fun idea. Um, and we might have a go at it today because really that's what we're always getting you to do always. Um, so I'm going to ask you, let's play educated guess, Rubes. Sure. Okay, week one, mm -hmm. this is, yes, somebody said, Rubes, your educated guess is better than most people's informed answer. That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm suggesting it. That's very flattering. Would, would definitely watch that show. There you go. Um, I'll be a guest. I have some educated guesses. Thank you. A very kind offer. Um, you can all have my 151th share, guys. Well, that sounds like you have no faith in it now. What if it turns into <laughs> who wants to be a millionaire and your 115th share is like 10 million quid? Think of, the, think of the activism you could do with that if you are not a materialist. Um, so, uh, yes, this is my question for you. Mm -hmm. If you didn't tune in yesterday, by the way, The New Normal is normally a show, if you don't know the show, it's normally a show where I ask set questions or at least choose from a list of set questions about how someone's lockdown's going. So it could be about routine, 
uh, how you keep emotionally stable, uh, online feminism you can do, like things like that, worst moment, that kind of thing. Yesterday I asked Rube some questions, but we went into uh, some of the, because Rube's is a neuroscientist, some of the responses we all might be having or various ones of us might be having depending on what our lockdown experience is and who it's with or if it's on our own. And we talked about that. So I didn't get to ask Rube some of the questions that I normally ask people. And that's why this, this episode is a bit different. So this is her part two. Um, someone says, I'm watching this while breastfeeding. I'm not sure if this is feminist. I think that's very feminist. That's extremely feminist. What's yeah. more feminist than breastfeeding an infant while, while, while watching a feminist content? This is, I don't see how you could top that. Yeah. I mean, you know, in your circumstance, that's, that's peak. That's um, not saying that I have to have a baby on my breast in order to be feminist, just to be very clear, because um, I think that milky ship has very much sailed. Um, that milky the, ship, Deborah. Mm, HMS, HMS, HMS lactate, very much on the horizon. Um, I'm not okay. lactating ever, basically, is what I'm saying. I've, I've, crossed, I've crossed that bridge. You've crossed that bridge. Yeah. I've crossed the lactation, the lactation bridge. Anyway. This is a, it's so Friday afternoon already. It's so it Friday afternoon already. Are you sure okay. you haven't already had? Uh, I haven't. This is what happens to me. <laughs> Friday in lockdown, I'm just, people always say, are you high? And I'm like, no, I've just done a week. I had three hours sleep last night because yeah. of script deadline. And that's the third time this week. So I'm also sleep deprived. So this is my question for you. And I want an educated guess. Week one, I had a total meltdown. I felt like I was having like caffeine withdrawal headaches, although I was still drinking coffee. And it was like, I was withdrawing from the caffeine of humanity. That's the kind of poetry you can expect from DF Dubs on a Friday afternoon. Now, really felt unstable, like just bursting into tears, devastated, feeling like people were gone, just absolutely devastated. Week two, obviously, pull myself together, not obviously, but I would say to a certain extent, obviously, because I'm doing this show. Yeah. I, thought I'll do the show I'll book in all this exercise I'll you know like I'll make a day of it you know like I'll find a way of creating a day and achievable yeah. goals and you know start working on the scripts that I've got to work on any way that you know I want to work on any ways that and I sort of created a world for myself to the extent where I was talking to Athena about um we were both saying we're a little bit nervous about what if they said lockdown was over and we had to go back to our old lives without any prep we would be concerned we wouldn't cope like yeah. with all the charging around and stuff yeah. So that's how Stockholmy this is getting for me. Mm-hmm. And then today I did my PT session, but I had gone to sleep at 2.30, set my alarm for 5.30 because of this script, worked on the script until my PT is meant to start at 9.15. I texted Emma and said, can I start at 9.30? We'll just do 45 minutes. Because 45 minutes is almost as good as an hour. And I wanted to get it into the producer, which I did. I'm very proud of the producer worked on it while I was doing PT. So this was a good choice. It was a good decision. Mm-hmm. But rather than cancelling, yeah. um, I thought my thing is your body, the difference between 45 minutes exercise an hour, you, it's, it's still very endorphin yeah. I'd rather do something than nothing. Mm-hmm. But then the technology failed. The, the, I, I, I have to get music up on my phone and put it through the speakers. It wasn't working, blah, 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 blah. And I really got upset. Like I burst into tears and my personal trainer said, do you want to just take today off because you haven't any sleep? And I said, no, because this is all I can control. This is what I have. 
And like, I've never looked forward to personal training in my life. I've had done that. You know, I've been through phases of doing personal training in my life. It's not like I've had a practice of personal training, but I've been definitely had quite a number of personal trainers. The only two men that I've ever ghosted have both been personal trainers. <laughs> so I just got sick of it and they, they owed me so They were your personal trainers. Yeah, I, they, well, I wasn't oh. dating them. See, I ghosted I we had something in common there, Deborah. No, I've ghosted two. I've never ghosted anyone romantically or sexually. I've ghosted two personal trainers. I just stopped answering their texts because I didn't want to deal with it. And they owed me sessions, and I knew they were going to guilt me and say, "Well, look, I owe you sessions, and you need to do the exercise." And I just didn't want to do it anymore. So I just basically stopped returning their texts. It's terrible, but kind um, one of them still texts me going, "I've got online boxing class, whatever." Okay, so. Yeah, I, I've, I've done that twice. So I have never been someone who's looked forward to personal training. And it's about control. I got so upset because actually, firstly, I am enjoying it because I'm doing it so frequently. I'm getting fitter and I'm, see, I'm feeling differently about my body and I'm stronger and I'm, you know, I'm moving like this, you know, and I'm diff it's different. It's a different experience. But that's not why I got upset. Because one day off, so what? Yeah. I got upset because that's my morning. And, and yeah. if I'm not in charge of this morning, then I'm in charge of nothing. What I'm in charge of is that I do a personal training session for an hour and then a dance class for an hour or sometimes a dance class for two hours because I can learn more in two hours. And that's all I've, that's, and I just realized, like I already sort of thought of it and maybe even said it on the show that maybe it's a control thing, but I realized this morning it really is a control thing. It's the only thing I control is that. And I, and I just got upset like it was week one. Yeah. And that really concerned me. I was like, oh my God, maybe I'm no better than I was in week one. I just like put on a load of plasters, band-aids and ways of, so it doesn't all leak out, which maybe is fair enough strategy. Like I'd rather be field sensations of happiness, <laughs> even if I'm not really happy. Yeah. <laughs> What's the difference? You know, if I'm, yeah finding my coping strategies and if you can't tell does it matter as they say on westworld exactly so i don't watch westworld but i get it I so westworld. neurologically physiologically hormonally you educated guests you need to have a good night's fucking sleep deborah right, and i know this is i know this is this is just i'm just being maternal now but just go to bed and have a sleep like do you know what I mean? I know, I know, I know it's impractical, and I'm, and I'm the same. But also, mm -hmm. if you wanna, if you want my educated guess on what would make you feel better, having more than three hours sleep a night. I mean, I normally do. I'm normally a very good sleeper, but I sometimes I get insomnia and stuff. But mostly, I am like yeah, I'm quite wedded to my sleep. But one thing that put me off pursuing babies, unrealistic, or you know, yeah, one thing that put me off pursuing babies is I was always worried about losing all that sleep. Um, but do you think, is there a chance that all of my neurological and physiological, all of that, it's like still going on like it was in week one, but it's like the duck feet under the water and it's, I'm only calm on the surface, but inside I'm agitated and frightened and not coping and I'm, I'm surface coping. And then when I, for example, don't get a good night's sleep or something that I feel is in my control goes out of my control, mm -hmm. does that all spill out? And is it all like what you were talking about yesterday with the um, inflammations? Yeah. 
are they all is that all going on am i a mess inside is what i'm asking it's very carrie bradshaw um are you a mess inside um i mean i think we all are but um and not just because of lockdown like we've everyone has always been a mess i think that's just the human condition but like the if you want to talk about the inflammatory inflammation and stuff i mean we don't know a lot about sleep but we know it's very useful for clearing out inflammatory in um inflammatory chemicals in in your brain mm -hmm. we don't really know what it's doing how it's doing it or why it's doing it <laughs> but mm -hmm. we know mm -hmm. um that it does that it, that it does do that so i think that's one you know so i'm i i will harp on about the sleep thing slightly but the other thing this i, I think um so to, 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 to give my best educated guess, I will um, first give you a little bit of the uh, education from which it's coming, which is that for autistic people, there's this phenomenon known as camouflaging where a huge amount of quite complex and um, energetically costly processes go on um, in order to behave in a way that's acceptable to people who aren't autistic. Um, right. And it's often involuntary and unconscious as well, at least certainly for me, it, I, I, I know that I do it, but I couldn't pinpoint when and I can't really control it. So I suspect that, you know, earlier on um, in during lockdown, you talked, I think, on the new normal about this idea that yes, with Ellen, right, that, that this is kind of what it's like for autistic people anyway, is that we have no control. Mm -hmm. um, everything feels very out of control. Um, mm -hmm. That's right. I, in week one, my my supposition was that, or week two, that my routine had become so important to me, and I could get very upset, yeah. like I did it's... this morning. But that feels like a week one or week two me by my routine being broken. And I thought, oh, maybe that's why. Like my friends who have autistic children say he has to do this at this time, or he gets very upset. And I suddenly thought, oh, maybe that is not so much a product of autism as it is a product of the world being out of control for autistic people because it doesn't suit their neuro neural neural pathways and neural patterns or um and therefore what i can control because everyone else seems to understand this these social cues and things that i don't understand what i can control is that i have i have spaghetti on a monday and if all day at school it's just been this frenetic place where i'm trying to understand social cues and i'm trying to do what i think the teachers asked for but apparently they've asked for something i didn't know but i know it's monday so at six o'clock what i've got is spaghetti and actually maybe if the world was more friendly and less exhausting to autistic people six o'clock spaghetti would become less important Definitely. i mean i i think that's i think that's that seems obvious to me yeah i think so um, it's only I thought it was a part of autism, and maybe it is as well. I don't want to diminish sure, that for but, autistic but, people. But I think, but I, think I only understood it when I, yeah, when the world is to do with this thing about not having any control over Everything your else. immediate environment um, in, in 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 ways that matter. And I think mm -hmm. you you you've done a very good job. It seems like of finding ways of having your bits of control, your government issued walk, your, mm -hmm. um, you know, all of your PT in the morning and, you know, everything at the right time, everything. And, and when that goes awry, of course, that's mm -hmm. distressing because actually you're not allowed to leave the house mm -hmm. just because you want to. 
And that's mm. a huge piece of control that's been taken away from you. Mm -hmm. um, I can't hug my friends. I can't, yeah. um, it's illegal for me to assemble an audience, which is how I make a living. And it's a big yeah. part of my identity. Your Dressing up seems illegal. pointless. Hmm? Your job has just become illegal. Yep. My job's <laughs> illegal. Big part of my identity I didn't really know. I knew I liked dressing up and I knew I looked, I liked sort of mm. feeling chic and that kind of thing. Didn't know how important it was. Mm. Did not know. And actually I thought, I genuinely thought I'd lost 10 years of collagen in four weeks. And then I realized I had not been moisturizing because in the morning, like I've bit, but in the morning I moisturize and put my makeup on, go out, come back, wash the makeup off, moisturize. And often I wouldn't bother to moisturize in the morning. So when I did a moisture mask, my skin came back to life and I was like, just dehydrated. Like, what are you thinking? I was like, it's all become real now. I have to see myself on the screen. I mean, it's just basically what I'm saying is I've lost it. I think, I mean, I said, I said to Ray this morning, because they phoned me every morning to make me get out of bed because otherwise- If you're, if you're, if you're a new uh, uh, fan of Rubes, Ray <laughs> is Rubes' partner. Yeah. Um, and they, they said to me this morning, um, no, I said to them, I think I'm unraveling a bit. And they said, you were raveled? No! Nah. alarmed way. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Why were you raveled? Um, obviously, I mean, English is their first language. They were being witty. Um, yes. Just to clarify for people that don't know Ray, but um, of which there are probably 156. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm unraveling. I mean, I... I'm a feminist, but I spilled Cosmopolitan all over my feminist book um, just before. That's then... most sex in the city meets, it's like, that's an ultimate feminist act. There's a guilty it's, feminist it's, act. It's, it's very me. It's, I, don't, I don't know what it is exactly, but it's On very, brand very guilty me. feminist though, to spill a Cosmopolitan on a, fem, on, on, on a, uh, on a copy of the, uh, the feminine mystique. Um, the gendered brain. The gendered brain. Oh, yeah, that's right. We were going to ask you about yeah. books. Um, so can you show us The Gendered Brain? Yeah, this is, this is The Gendered Brain by Gina Rippon. It's very good. Lots of, um, lots of debunking ideas about the um, essentialness and the biological um, basis. Uh, so the, the idea that there's this inborn biological basis for um, differences, biological, uh, sorry, not biological differences, cognitive differences between men and women. Um, and sort of exploring where those um, myths have come from and how they've persisted in science and in academic science, as well as in the public imagination. It's a really good book. So are, there, are there no meaningful differences in brains in terms of your assigned gender well, at birth? There are small average differences that tend to disappear if you get big enough data. Right. Um, for most things, the things that um, where there's more consistent differences is mental rotation. So if you picture an object in your head and try to turn it around, that is on average. Cool. Hold on, don't uh, tell me, don't tell me, I wanna try it first. Okay, so I've got, I've got a car in my head, a red, yeah. I don't know why a car, but a red car and it's yeah. pointing that way. And now what do I wanna do? I wanna spin it. Mm -hmm. so, so the task is usually, um, it's Quite like difficult a picture for me. of Lego blocks, and then you're, and then another, oh. and then other pictures of Lego blocks, and you have to work out which one is the Lego blocks that have just been rotated oh. and not changed. Oh, I'll be terrible at that. Yeah, so, I mean, so not not yet, but I mean, 
yeah, I think you would be. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Unkind. I'm allowed to say that. Are you allowed to say that? Not really, I don't no. Think you are. Not really. But it was very unfeminist of me. Um, Your educated guess is accurate there. My educated guess them. is that yes. you would not uh, be the most. A winner at that task. Exactly. I wouldn't get an A star if that were a GCSE. Well, um, but what you probably would do very well at is verbal fluency because you are an improvisational stand-up comedian, which is about the most verbally fluent. I'd smash that one. Who gives a fuck about that Lego challenge? Right. And the, and the verbal fluency one is the one that women on average outperform men and vice versa. But the, 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 the average difference between all men and all women mm -hmm. is for almost all of these things is less than if you just get two random people off the street that the, the same gender or different right. genders the size of the difference between them then. So most of the most of the variability in the population is accounted for by differences within gender rather than differences between the genders. So it's not really right. a very important difference, if you see what I mean. Right. It, it gets blown up and seen as this big thing that men can do spatial and women can do language, when in actual mm -hmm. fact men aren't all mute, unfortunately. No, not unfortunately. <laughs> Sorry. Oh ho 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 she went there. She went there, MRAs. If you've tuned in to hate feminists, <laughs> oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I mean, what's one more trip or a hundred more Twitter, troll, Twitter I mean, trolls? What's a hundred to two hundred thousand Twitter trolls between friends exactly. on a Friday night? Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, men aren't on mute and women can get from A to B. Indeed. Um, so, you know. So they're, it, not very, they're not really very big differences. So they're not significant differences. Exactly. Um, expressed in terms of, well, they're statistically significant, but expressed in terms of standard deviations. So the average mm -hmm. distance between any two people, um, they're a small fraction of that. So, so we see gender trends, but then those gender trends can be bucked within. So um, man, uh, cis man A could be further away from cis man B than cis man A could be from cis woman B. And indeed it is probable that mm -hmm. if those people are all chosen at random, mm -hmm. um, that the differences between those pairs of people will all be orders of magnitude greater than the average distant difference between all men and all women. Got it. Uh, someone's asking, how do we know that's nature, not nurture? Um, we don't. And a big part of what the book is trying to argue and, and something that I'm always going on about is nurture and social processes um, in development and in the, the way that the brain functions are really, really uh, underaccounted for. People really like to think that because it's sort of squishy and gooey and, you mm -hmm. know, comes out of an organism that it, it, it all has to be nature. But mm -hmm. the way that but the brain is plastic is, is, is nurture the way that like rats and ants even um, to, you know, differing degrees, but humans are so social. Like the way that mm. we behave is almost entirely determined by our society and mm -hmm. our brain is just there to subserve that system. You know, the brain is the hardware. The society is kind of who writes the software, if you like. That, I right. mean, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is my opinion. This is my official... I can, Educated I... guess with Ribs Walsh. <laughs> yeah. Um, almost a doctor. Um, almost a doctor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Welcome today to Knock Educated Guests with Almost a Doctor, Rubes Walsh. It's good. <laughs> this is a strong yeah. pitch. Yeah. We got to take this to BBC Sounds before you're a doctor. Once you're a doctor, it's over. They're going to be like, your guest is too educated now. Um, well, well then, then we can switch it to only just a doctor. 
Oh, that's good. To only just a doctor. That's great. That's really good. Um, uh, so m more science, please. Uh, do you have any more? Yeah, if you didn't see yesterday's episode, you can watch it. Not on here anymore, but it'll be up on YouTube very soon. Um, and it was very, very interesting. So uh, is there any more science that, you, that occurred to you overnight that you would like to share with us? Because that was very popular uh, with, the, with the watchers um, about what we might be going through, what individuals might be going through or different individuals might be going through. I think it's going to be very difficult for, I, I talked yesterday a lot about this, you know, this stuff, basically the stuff that I'm going through <laughs> um, of, of being, you know, on my fucking own all the fucking time. Mm -hmm. um, apologies for the language, but also there's no one here. I'm, I'm, I'm in a room on my own talking to my piece of plastic. In a very real way, there are people watching this, but <laughs> I, I, I doubt <laughs> any I mean, of them right. haven't heard the word fucking before. I mean, I think, I think if they've been tuning into the new normal, they probably heard it before. Someone says, am I in bed? Uh, I'm actually in Steve's bed because Steve's gone to the country and I use his room as an office. But it's sort of like a bed office. Do you know what I mean? It's not my bed. So therefore I sit. It's like a day bed as well. It's got walls. So I sit up in it and type. So, yeah, I am. So I'm, I'm a I'm very worried. Oh, God damn it. Oh, I thought the internet had gone. Go on. Sorry. Yeah. I'm a feminist, but I'm very worried that sitting sort of half up, like, like this, mm. is not flattering. Is not, is, well, and I'm worried that it's going to literally change the shape of my neck. Oh. A little bit worried really that I might be point. going to get more chins. Oh, shit. Am I doing some, am I wrinkling my neck? I mean, this is not what the people... The but, people have tuned in to hear intelligent women talk about science, not for us to go, is that another wrinkle? Because I've been lying down for a month. <laughs> yeah, well. That is not what these people have come in. I don't mind the language, I'm by myself. Thank you, thank you, big CJ. By the way, somebody asked, how did you two meet? And the answer is, Rubes complained about the podcast. <laughs> she that wrote was nice in, about it. She wrote in and said, you're getting the trans language wrong. And I said, uh, well, you were, you were, you were edge. You were, there was an edge, mm. and I said, "Tell I me more." I admit, I said, frustrated. "Tell me more." In fact, I don't really know enough about this stuff. Do you want to be the sort of trans consultant? If you regularly listen, do you mind just telling me where we're getting it wrong, and then we'll we'll adjust? Yeah. Because I don't know where I'm going to get it wrong until I like I can't just not mention it in case I get it wrong, because then I'm excluding, and if I mention it and include, I will get it wrong. So could you just modify and write in and go, is there a, yeah, you, you're getting this wrong. So don't sit on it and think, oh, she's not gonna like that. Like, this is an invitation to do that. Yeah. And then, uh, because I don't like to use people's labor without paying, I then invited Rubes on, because also Rubes was very interesting and had a lot to say and was just, yeah, fascinating. And so you did a double app. You did one on, remember that? Well, that was brilliant. I love those apps. One was faith and feminism, and it was mm -hmm. feminist with a faith. And the other one, it was the same cast, but it was about, what was it about? Minefields. Minefields, yeah. Mm. It was about the things we dare not talk about because we're too scared to talk about them. Yeah. What, what we would now maybe call the cancel cubby. Mm. Like the, yeah. the conversations we'd have offline to go, 
Is this the nuance? I don't want to say it online in case everyone says case you're cancelled. Yeah, or yeah. in case, or in case I'm right, but people don't agree because that can also happen. But I, or in case it's just gonna, yeah, um, and yeah. So that's. I would like to have more intelligent conversations like that, but I don't think we can podcast them. Um, I'd like to have a live show where we all agree we won't podcast. Like no one's going to tweet about it. We just have a live mm. discussion with a Q and A. Um, call it problematic feminists. Well, I wanted to call it. I wanted to call it unsafe space. Um, and at that Ooh. time, I, I I also had a um, uh, and there was a comedian who um, yeah. a male comedian who I was working with, you know, or had you know we'd done a couple of bits together mm -hmm. and he had an idea for a show called dangerous space and we talked about doing it together but it was very funny because he said yeah but the problem is the you know the you'd get so much from the internet you wouldn't be able to live with it if you even had these conversations and i said yeah but what if we said it was like in an underground theater and we're just all going to have this conversation here and we're going to go and leave it and no one's going to tweet about it and he said because that yeah but the problem would be there'd still be the podcast version and I went, no, they wouldn't. And he said, what do you mean? I said, I'm suggesting we don't record every conversation we have. And he went, oh, I hadn't thought we could not record it. <laughs> I could in not his, stop in laughing. In defense, you are on the I record said, as saying that conversations that aren't recorded and broadcasted on Her Majesty's Internet don't count. That's exactly, I was like, have you, have you forgotten about theatre? And he was like, I totally have. Forgotten you can actually not record a show. It was so funny, we could not stop laughing. Um, Okay, so go back to science, please. Science Any more right. science that we should know about? This is a very broad question, and if anybody is, here has got questions is there for any science, I mean, <laughs> is is there any science? This is this is how broad my questions are. Is there any science? Um, to be no, honest, is there any? Is there, want, are there any? If you want me to you... rant about science, I can rant about science. But, like... but is, is, is there anything you think we insights? Because you seem to have all these amazing insights about what's happening to our minds and bodies, and insights around. You know, things like, you know, if your assigned gen if your assigned gender is female or male, those differences in our, you know, in neural trends, that kind of thing. Is there any other science you think would be insightful for us around feminism or just because of lockdown, yes. um, what things that might be happening to us neurologically or hormonally or physically, um, what can you is there anything else you want to tell us about My these things? About this. I mean Oh, you've frozen. Hard on I know you're back. relationships mm -hmm. um, of all sorts with the pe with people that you're living with. Um, also people that you aren't living with. I mean, the other, you know, the, the, this thing about like video chats are flipping weird, man. Like they're not, they're not really like conversations. They, they, they are quite different. Do you know what I mean? How like, do they, how do the they? As a video chat, even though like, I've prepared and there's an audience of a hundred odd people. Yeah. Cause it's, I don't know, it's different. Um, Jess said, Jess Pumphrey. The yeah. Excellent person who told the bathroom story during the Minefields episode. They, they, they commented earlier that video chats aren't like conversations. It's like being on TV whilst watching TV. Mm. It's like Gogglebox. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. And and because we can't really make eye contact, because if I'm looking at you on the screen, mm. I can't look at you yeah, in, the, in the lens. I, like, I, I was never really an eye contact person to begin with, and I learned it, and I, I'm worried I've forgotten. Mm. 
Um, yes, yeah. Like if I want to look at you, I, I have to look there, but then I can't see you. So I look there, but the eye contact's always off. Until yeah. we can get a lens where someone's eyes are, and then obviously it's a bit moot. Um, somebody says, is there much research into the brains of people outside the gender binary? And does that reveal anything interesting if so? Well, the stuff, the, so the stuff I was talking about earlier with the um, mental rotation and um, verbal fluency, mm -hmm. though both of those things, very interestingly, it seems like, and we don't have anywhere near enough evidence to make a strong claim about it, but this is not just an educated guess. I actually read a whole paper about it. Excellent. <laughs> Which is, um, so that it seems as if people follow the same gender trends, regardless of assigned sex, in terms of what happens when pubertal hormones arrive. So even if, so, so for me, just take me, you know, I, I went through a male puberty Mm -hmm. but and and usually what happens when someone goes through a male puberty is that their um mental rotation ability overtakes their verbal fluency ability on right. average by a small margin etc yeah trend trend exactly but it seems as if in trans people it it this this study was in binary people before oh, my battery is running out um a lot of um, are I, you I in fact a robot? Is that what we're going to find out now? Do you have to plug yourself in? I do, in fact, have to plug myself in, yes. Um, is this you or the phone? It's the phone. Thank God. This was, although in another way, it would have been a huge scoop revelation if you'd gone, no, I have to plug my brain in. Yeah, no. Would have been awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Sorry, I was just imagining if you were AI and that's why you were so clever. Anyway, sorry. Obviously, you're cleverer than AI. No, there's no yeah. AI in the world. <laughs> I mean, yeah. No, like some sophisticated Blade Runner AI. Anyway, sorry, go on. It's all right. Um, so, so what happens with trans people? 
so what happens is that um, the so the so the thing is that these these differences show up at puberty, right? They aren't there before puberty in terms of the cognitive ability. Mm-hmm. But when um, even if you're going through quote unquote the wrong puberty, the quote unquote right changes show up. Right. Does that so make sense? What, uh, I think so. What you're saying is that the trends we see in cis people, we also see in trans people. In an identity congruent way. Yeah. Yes. Now, does that mean it is, it is nurture? I don't know what that means. So I mean, fascinating. I, and how does, how does it, and the original question was about non-binary people. Yeah. So do non-binary people tend to have equal where, you know, and again, this tiny trend, do, would they have equal ability or would they favor I don't, a spatial the, over a verbal? The study, the study hasn't been done. Um, I, I don't, I don't know, but I, I suspect you like the sort of auto, the natural prediction the, the obvious prediction is that the difference isn't there in non-binary people, that non-binary people, um, you know, are distributed in the way that the general population is distributed independent of both assigned sex and identified gender. But I don't know. Mm. Um, Maybe that's a study that you can do when you are a doctor. Sure. You've I known mean, that clearly. I mean, yeah, I mean, no, just don't give like... me assignments. I'm good. <laughs> I've got a plan. Sorry. No, it's, 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 I mean, it, I'll, I'll, I'll do the work. I just, you know, someone has to fund it. And, um, this okay, type of research so... is quite expensive because you have to pay okay. the participants we'll, and you need the scanner, we'll, we'll, which costs. We'll crowdfund it. We'll crowdfund it. Um, now tell us about your feminist act that you would like us to participate in, please. Sure. So, um, everyone has said refuge and mm-hmm. I think that's great and I think, I think it's really um, important to think about people who aren't safe at home when we're all locked in our homes um, obviously not all women's refuges are inclusive of trans people mm-hmm. so if you're donating to a specific refuge just check um, and see if you think their policy is sensible uh, i i i have my own opinion on what constitutes sensible but i think it's an incredibly nuanced and difficult um mm-hmm. question um and but 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 i do think that like a blanket policy of no we don't let trans women in because they're men that's not okay mm-hmm. um so what would your recommendation be for a sensible policy are you comfortable saying what you think well what i what i what i think is that um, exposure, as in being uh, in in being being around the thing that you're scared of, is like the treatment, the most effective treatment for anxiety disorders, phobias, etc. So, and that includes trauma related. So, um, if you have a trauma that is about men mm-hmm. and maybe it's also to some extent about penises 
I feel as though separating the penis from the manness is going to help your recovery, not hinder it. And so having trans women in that space is probably actually helpful um, to the cis women who are also there in theory. In practice, of course, there will be individual people who can't get past that. And that's mm -hmm. not their fault. You know, you shouldn't take someone with a really severe spider phobia and just shove them in a box full of spiders. Mm -hmm. Some, um, in fact, funnily enough, Run Bait Girl, who, who's in, a, in the audience every day, says does not work with spiders. I just, you said that before you said that. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel the same. There's things I'm scared of that I'm not going to announce on the internet because I've, I've read 1984 and I know what the government are going to do when the fascists take over. I don't want my room 101 on the internet. But um, exactly that, that I think, I think sort of, yes, and eventually, but probably in a way that sort of intentional and consensual, like yeah. if I wanted to get over some of my phobias. Well, and the other thing is, I just think, I also think that, um, you know, I'm not going to talk about my own experiences of this stuff because it's too, I can't have it out there in any mm -hmm. more detail than the fact that I have experiences of this stuff. But Same um, as my room 101. Yeah, right, exactly. you've got to keep some things back because it's important. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I do think that actually for a lot of trans women, being in a space where everyone else is a cis woman is quite scary. In, mm -hmm. in, in relatable in related ways mm -hmm. um, it's obviously it's not quite the same but um, and I, so I think that there's like I think that the best option for everyone if you like is to have you know adequate provision where people can go so that you know there's there, there are spaces where trans women don't go and there are spaces where only trans women can go Mm -hmm. that's the ideal scenario but like you, you only have so much space and you have to find a solution that means that you can help everybody who needs your help as best you can mm -hmm. and um so i but I, so i think that the i mean that women's aid uk said something made a statement not long ago six or 12 months ago during the whole gra consultation um basically saying we don't really have problems like trans women mm -hmm. use our services and it doesn't cause problems and that and that that i think is probably what we should really listen to mm -hmm. um i suspect that a big part of that is because it they, things are dealt with on a, on a case-by-case -case basis and it's exactly mm -hmm. what this particular client needs at this particular time mm -hmm. um tom woman wants to know whether i think it's the perfect scenario i'm guessing they mean the thing about multiple spaces and mm -hmm. i think ideally in an ideal world, a women's shelter would be for women rather than for cis women and trans women with like a division. But we don't live in an ideal world. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I, I, um, I think uh, I really love listening to you talk because I feel like you're, you're so kind of intelligent and compassionate and what you're saying is, is also, it just sucks the energy out of the the most transphobic voices on the internet who are very fear-mongering all the time yeah um uh well somebody says in an ideal world you wouldn't need refuges at all that's a great point, a point. <laughs> in an ideal world how would you how would you uh how would you run safe houses 
women who've run, had to run from violence. Well, um, in an ideal world, we wouldn't have those. That's a very good point. In fact, and if you're, if you're watching this and you're feeling affected by it, um, I read today that Boots the Chemist in the UK, if you live in the UK, if you go in and say, I'm in an abusive relationship, can you help me? They will take you into a back room and they will look after you. So if you are in a, and they'll make sure you get into safety. So if you're in a, an abusive relationship with a partner that will not leave your side, um, if you go into, if you can, uh, if you can either get away to get into Boots the Chemist or even go into Boots the Chemist with them and then approach a member of staff quietly um, or even overtly, I suppose, uh, they will take you into a safe place. And I think that's an amazing, amazing thing. And yeah, good on Boots indeed. I mean, it's horrible that we need it, but the, but the escalation of, uh, of domestic violence is so awful. Um, and to segue into another quite heavy conversation, mm. um, that we've been talking about how um, Lynn Truss, um, I, always I always confuse Lynn Truss with Liz Truss. Lynn Truss, to be fair to her, wrote Eat, Shoots and Leaves and is very keen on grammar. <laughs> she is not making, as far as I know, any or planning to make any transphobic legislation. <laughs> Bless her. Lynn Truss, wherever you are, I am, I'm sure your value set is on point. Yeah. Liz Truss, on the other hand, did not write Eat, Shoots and Leaves. And that was our first clue <laughs> that she wasn't yeah. as, as fun and cool and interesting a person. But look, lots of us didn't write Eat, Shoots and Leaves. I, for example, didn't write it. Did you write it? No, I didn't write it. No, no well, I, think it was only, I think it was only Lynn Truss who wrote that book. So forgivable, forgivable. Like forgivable. I, I don't hold that against Liz Trust. No. But what I do have take issue with, obviously it's better to have written it than not, but it, it, it's, 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 we can't, you know, we can't hold we that can't against We can't all write every good book that's been written. That's... I, for example, didn't write The Tale of Two Cities. And I mean, I live with that regret every day, but it was written before I was born. What am I meant to do? Right, Nobody's exactly. perfect. Exactly. So, so you- And I so, haven't even written a book yet. I mean, you you Maybe. will know. Yeah, you're writing a PhD, and that'll be turned into a book for show. So, tell me, Rubes. Tell me, tell me, tell me, do. Uh, what is this legislation? We don't know. I mean, the problem is we don't know. But what's the vagaries that Liz Truss is trying to push through? And as far as we can make out, and what can we do to push against it? Okay. So, the first thing to say is we don't. Well, you've already said it just really important to emphasize we don't this is not government policy um and it's it's not clear what she meant by her comments um, <laughs> and she may have meant something different but um if she did she didn't use words in a very um useful articulate in, way in a useful yeah. way yeah so she basically said that... Do you know, she probably would have used words in a more articulate way if she'd written each shoots and leaves. Yeah. Do you know, th th see, this is the thing, is that if... See, if Lynn Truss had said this, we'd be sure. We'd be sure what she meant. Yeah. It would be but sure, is this transphobic or is it not transphobic? It's the vagaries that is... Is the panda eating, shooting and leaving, or is the panda eating the shoots and leaves? We don't know at the moment. No. This no, works indeed. on so many levels. This is such strong material. Um, <laughs> um, Are you sure? Or is it Friday night? Yeah, I think it One of those. 
It's um, one of those. It's like one of those things that's funny when you're high or it's Friday night in lockdown. Yeah. So, Rubes, what, <laughs> what has she, worst case scenario, what she said? So the worst case scenario is that she's basically planning to abolish all trans rights ever, essentially. So that is really the worst. So, That's not an ideal yeah. world. So she, so she said that, um, well, she said that trans, trans adults should be allowed to live their lives oh, free from, right, free from um, discrimination and prejudice, but subject to appropriate checks and balances, which... What, 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 if we find it in that checks and balances that they shouldn't be able to live their own life, <laughs> we've got the, the right to boom, 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 boom. I don't know. I don't know. So that was so that was one thing she said. Another thing she said was that um, single sex spaces are incredibly important, and that's something that needs to be protected. Now, if she means toilets, she's barking up the wrong tree. North Carolina, yeah, it was North Carolina. Tried it, and it cost them an absolute fortune because all these big companies, especially, I mean, tech companies in particular. Mm. Um, they just won't set up shop somewhere with a bathroom bill for mm -hmm. the simple reason that a lot of the best computer scientists in the world are trans people. Oh, and I don't know if this is, I don't know if it's just the fact that like trans people know that other trans people are in that field. So go into it or what, but it does, there is, there is a, there is a trend there. So, uh, so, you know, PayPal pulled out of North Carolina. They, they didn't have it. They don't have offices there anymore, et cetera. Their economy lost an absolute fortune. So if you're a Tory That's looking about the economy, this is a bad policy. The other thing is... I, I love mean, that kind of argument because it gets them where, they, where it hurts. And I, I, other people hate those arguments. When I, when I make them, they're always like, it shouldn't be about that. And I'm like... I, no, well, it shouldn't it, be, but it, it is. Of course it shouldn't. Yeah. But, but it, if that's what's going to drive it, it doesn't matter why. It matters that. If you're a trans person, you need to pee. You need to make the most expedient argument. Jess says it me about good, uh, about computer scientists who are trans. Yeah. What, um, what, so what does someone say? Jess, Jess, our friend yes. Jess. Yeah. Is, um, works for Microsoft. Oh, I see. I oh, see. <laughs> um, so, so there's, so there's that. So, mm -hmm. but also I just, I've never understood this bathroom thing. When the old Vic did gender, they did a big block of gender neutral loose. And I think they're all gender neutral, but in one, on one side there's urinals and on the other side there isn't. And on the side that there isn't, it's much, much bigger. And it works brilliantly because people sort of sort themselves out, sort, you know, like, so people sort themselves out. You won't, you're only gonna see someone at a urinal if you choose to go in there. Yeah. And it says on the door, this one has urinals. So if I don't want to queue, I've got three minutes before the bell rings and there's a there's a line over here. It's my I couldn't give a fuck. I would go past. Now, if what? if that would be very triggering for you, you absolutely do not have to. No. But on the other side, there's only stalls. So if this is the uh, thing, if, if someone who wants like... to use a urinal goes in there, you're not going to see them. And it's floor to ceiling doors. There's no there's no gap. And at we've the been top. asking no for gender neutral toilets for twenty years. Twenty. I mean, we've been asking for it for a long time, as long, yeah. as long as I've been out as trans, gender neutral toilets has been something that the community has been asking for. And if we have gender neutral toilets, you know, whether, where, where, like I, I, in my day to day life, I live a very binary existence. I don't identify as binary 
And maybe that's why I would always use a gender neutral toilet if I had the option, but I don't really think that's why. I think the reason is that thing I intimated earlier about actually, do you know what? Spaces that might be interpreted as being exclusively for cis women aren't, don't feel that much safer than spaces that might be interpreted as exclusively for cis men. Because you might be a subject to uh, aggressive language or even violence. Yeah, exactly. Or, or microaggressions or just yes, it's just or not going to be a pleasant just, experience. I don't know. Or, I mean, and the, the other thing is, like, if you're, if you're a feminist, which I think you probably are, Deborah, are you? Um, I'm a feminist bard. <laughs> so if, you, if you're a feminist, um, do you think it's a good idea to institute bills that mean that women who happen to have more hair on places that isn't their scalp than average, who have, who don't wear as much makeup, who are in other ways gender non-conforming are going to get like harassed when they need to pee. Cis women, no, that's not, that's like, even if, even if your, your brand of feminism is like, oh, let's only have, let's only do um, things for cis women. It mm -hmm. still isn't a good idea to have a bathroom bill because more cis women are going to get kicked out of women's toilets than trans women. Oh, it happens all the time to friends of mine who just have a sort of slightly androgynous or masculine gender expression. Yeah. Who assist women who are, you know, some, you know, some sometimes it's just a, a it's, who have a sort of slightly androgynous or or masculine gender expression. I yeah. mean, May Martin's talked about it. I think yeah. on our show where that um, uh, uh, a woman she was queuing up. I think it was the Royal Albert Hall, and a woman turned to her and said, "This is this is the queue for the ladies," and May went. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. And that's when she realised May Martin is a woman. And I mean, I, do, I think May looks very firm, actually. She's got a little pixie. She's introgenous, but she's got a little pixie. Look, I don't think, I, I, I mean, I don't know. But that woman in that moment thought she was in a boy band and queuing up for the wrong Lou. And wrong. And when she said to May, this is, this is the queue for the ladies, you know, and she went, yeah, no, I know. And then she went, oh, no, I was asking, is this the queue for the ladies? She wasn't. She was standing in it. It was obviously the queue for the ladies. She just felt embarrassed. And yeah. that happens to friends of mine all the time. We talk about, you know, it's like, it's not going to happen to me, but, it, but you know, because I'm, I am phenomenally femme in my gender expression. But what if I go through a phase where I think, do you know what? I really want to cut my hair and, you, you know, just want to be a, a bit for a while. Like, just... And I want to wear like, you know, overcoats with, you know, and so that, you know, you can't necessarily see that I'm quite hippie and stuff like that. Yeah. Lean, what if I wanted lean into to the buy stuff? Why not? Exactly. What if I wanted to lean into my sapphic side and I was feeling that. There are lots and of I just people who want to... to lean into your sapphic side, Deb. You know, there really aren't because I've come out and there's nothing in my DMs except <laughs> saying, thank you for coming out because it's really helped me to come out. No one, no one has slid into my DMs and gone, Chicka bow wow how bad. Well, you heard it here first, guys. Deborah wants you to slide, slide into her DMs. That is not what I said. <laughs> not what I said. It's my friend makes cameo videos. Do you know what cameo videos are? I do, yeah. Yeah. you told me about it. Okay. So if you don't know, uh, you go to an app called Cameo or website called Cameo, and you can have like someone off a sitcom or a comedian or somebody um, make a video for your friend or for you. And uh, so you could say, Rubes, would you make, a, my mum's a big fan of yours, could you make a happy birthday video or a well done because this person just got their PhD 
that'll be insulting video for you to make because you haven't you, you're, you're <laughs> I haven't quite got mine yet like yeah oh well done <laughs> well you. done for beating me to it <laughs> yeah exactly so i'm doing that at the moment for choose love while in lockdown to make some more money for choose love yeah and a friend of mine who's an actor sends me screenshots of sort of slightly naughty or kinky things he gets asked for like oh i've hidden this because you can choose to have the video on the wall or not have the video on the wall oh, this is a private one and i was wondering if you could answer these questions and they're really like yeah, and I'm like, you what? You're not a cam boy. Like that would cost a lot more. Yeah, it's sort of like you know, most people like charge like you know, thirty five dollars or something like that. I don't think I think he charges around that. I'm like, you're not gonna like do sex for thirty five dollars. That's surely a more expensive site. But then I don't, and I was like, suddenly realised I only get, you know, my sister is such a big fan of your show, and you know, she's such a feminist, and you're such a feminist. Can you wish her well on her? you know, feminist doctorate, I have not had one kinky request. Although, I probably shouldn't say this on here. Should I say this? I don't know, because I don't know what it is. Yeah. Somebody asked me to slow blink because to settle a bet. And I wondered if that was a kink. Is slow blinking <laughs> a kink? I was hoping, I'm hoping it was. It's not a kink I've heard of, but... The, I was hoping, everything, it was just the way it was worded. It's like my partner and I are having a row about, you know, and I was like, yeah, are you, are you? So yeah. maybe that was one. I'm not, please don't slide into my DMs the whole time going, ooh, Chickabella, how about it? It just, I just note that when people go, oh, everyone's gonna be like, no, they're not, they're not, <laughs> they're not. Well, um, so. They're probably Liz, intimidated. I, yeah, I'm sure that's it, yeah. yeah. Um, so Liz Truss is yeah. possibly. The, th the third thing is the scariest one. Yeah. Is that she said she wants to protect trans children from decisions that they might make. Um, right. And they were I think what she meant abuse. was things that don't exist because see, the thing is that the only medical treatment that trans children get, and by the way, it's far too slow and the waiting lists are far too long. And the way that they're treated is often um, lacking in respect for their autonomy and their identity. And I, I just have to say that every time I mention it because it makes me cross and it's a feminist issue that people are not being given their bodily autonomy. Mm -hmm. um, there is a court case currently proceeding um, to which I am in fact not a party, so I'm allowed to comment on it, which is that, because um, Giles was, oh, it doesn't matter why. Um, the, the, so there's this case where somebody is suing the, the Tavistock saying that they rushed her through to get mm -hmm. to put her on testosterone when in actual fact the Tavistock doesn't prescribe anybody with testosterone or estrogen it only ever prescribes um puberty blockers right and then at 16 you go and you see an endocrinologist um well you see an endocrinologist for the puberty blockers as well but that's not anyway the point is puberty blockers they're literally about reversibility that is what they that in mm -hmm. terms of their clinical use in trans people, their function is to be reversible. Nobody under 18 is getting gender con confirmation surgery. Nobody under 18 is getting, uh, nobody under 16, sorry, is getting um, transitional hormones um, in the UK right now. I think that's a problem, actually, not the surgery one, but the hormones one, because imagine waiting until you're 16 to be able to start puberty. Um, but, um, Liz Truss seems to be under the impression that that is happening. And it's mm. very much a sort of mum's nut, um, you know, mum's nutters, mum's net 
um, transposing. I don't, yeah, uh, well, people will write in and complain that that's not inclusive language for mental health. That's true, but I am also a nutter, so I'm reclaiming it. Oh, no. <laughs> Not really. Not. I can't. You can't reclaim Sorry. it if you're using it to, to to shit on somebody else, can you? But never no, mind. No. Um, okay, too, too I shouldn't have said that. The people on Mumsnet who do you think? Just can I ask? Do yeah. you think m the Mumsnet application to go on the dark web is coming soon? Like it will be approved soon? I feel like it's a dark web operation now. I mean, it's been. It's been. I don't know. I mean. They, they, there's some quite, um, uh, there are some very, very motivated people with very deep pockets who, for some reason, just really don't want to see trans people get rights. Mm -hmm. Um, and Mumsnet is one manifestation of that project. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's not a conspiracy, you know, it was, I, I believe it really was set up for mums to talk about mum things, but I mean, that's not what the feminist channels on Mum's Net. They're not. Yeah, it's it's a it's a scary place now. I, I'm, listen, I'm I'm sure there are some perfectly lovely discussions that happen on Mum's Net, and I'm sure there are some people who are pro-trans inclusion who try and fight those battles on Mum's Net. But it's a scary place. It is. It is. And so anyway, so she's. I think she may have bought into the lie that there are treatments for under sixteens that are irreversible mm. um and i think she may she may also be buying into the lie that the re the reversibility of um an intervention is somehow more has more moral weight in the decision making than the reversibility or irreversibility of a natural biological process that's happening anyway i.e mm. wrong puberty in the case of trans teenagers who mm -hmm. aren't getting access to puberty blockers mm -hmm. so that that's the bit that really scares me i get the thing that i i get i mean you know the, the stuff that i get really wound up about is is kids because they their autonomy is kids don't have anywhere near the amount of autonomy that this is this isn't an educated guess this is this is just bold opinion now mm -hmm. but kids don't have anywhere near the level of autonomy like especially teenagers um the that they should have over the, particularly over medical decisions. And we, we have this piece of law in the UK called Gillick Competence that allows for teenagers to get access to things like contraception and abortion and also transitional uh, medication if their parents are opposed to it. But very, very, very rarely uh -huh. um, would it ever happen without the parents' consent under the current system. Obviously, I think if the, if the child is sure, the parents should get on board or get out of the way, um, to be honest. I know that's pretty radical but i guess i'm radical um, okay i can un i understand that you're a trans person and you have your experience the i mean i mean i'm sure we have i mean i don't know if we're, we're well, i can't see why we can't say we're developing a podcast about these kind of things and i and one thing i would like to talk to you about on that or hear you talk about but not me my space um but i'd love to hear you talk about the if because I, I I know that it's 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 mostly outliers, but I feel like the question that will that would come back is if if somebody hits a certain age and then goes, what I like about this generation is actually is that they expect it to be fluid. Like yeah. I've got I've I mean I think three friends 
who've got non-binary teens. Mm -hmm. But one of my friends said they're non-binary now. Um, they may well transition further and uh, in, into a trans man, but also they're asexual now, but they're 16. They may get to university and decide they're polyamorous. Like, you know, like it may, it, they may grow in. And actually they don't have any embarrassment or fear of that. They go, yeah, well, my life will be fluid. Who knows who I will be when I'm 25? I'm asexual now at 15 or 16. And, and maybe I'll still be asexual when I'm 85. Or maybe by that time, I will live with a series of lovers and you know, a series of continents. Like, you know, like there's no, I said I was asexual when I was 15, I'm stuck with it. They don't, because, because they've eschewed the binary, mm. they've also eschewed the, the permanent. The idea of permanence, yeah, exactly. I, and I just, I don't think identity or sexuality are permanent. I don't think they are. I don't yeah, not, and not for me, as it turns out, because no, I've recently, I've, I've recently, uh, I don't know if it's an appropriate word to say transitioned into a more bisexual being, um, but I have evolved into it. And it was always latent and it was always there. But yeah. I was thinking, you know, like if I were locked down alone with an attractive woman, I mean, a woman I was attracted to who was attracted to me, I don't mean an objectively attractive woman. I'm not saying a woman I would see in the L'Oreal commercial, just to be clear. If, if I were in, in lockdown with a woman who, and we were mutually attracted, I might be like much more exploring my bisexuality yeah. now. And by the end of lockdown, I might be a full-time lesbian. A lot of it's about exposure. Full-time lesbian in love with Tom. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, but like, <laughs> to know what I mean? I'm joking, but you know what I mean. Like, sure, no, I, but I get it. I get it. Yeah, completely. If, if Tom hey. ran, you know, ran off with one of the cats or something, you know, <laughs> neighbor. <laughs> Tom, if Tom, I mean, they're so limited in lockdown. If we like a human living, person? I don't know. I don't know. In lockdown, there's no human people. That's the problem. No. <laughs> I don't know what this scenario is now, this thought, this thought process. I'm glad Tom's not listening to this. Uh, Tom, darling, if you, look, if you watch this, this is all hypothetical. Um, and hasn't happened. It isn't going to happen. But do you see what I mean? Like, I think exposure, I don't mean full-time lesbian, really. I'm being right. I mean, I would be a little bit like I'm doing dancing. I'm doing dance. I'm feeling more like a dancer because I've danced now every day right, for five yeah. weeks yeah. now. So, and I'm already feeling like, Oh, being a dancer is going to become a part of my identity. I wish I'd done this years ago, but I didn't, when I had time, I didn't have money. When I had money, I didn't have time, you know, and not that it's hugely expensive at all, but it's, it's just, you know, the ducks in a row. Yeah. But already I feel totally changed in my body, my capability, my ability to move my body, how I feel when music comes on, how confident I feel. And yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not equating dancing and not uh, becoming a, feeling like more of a dancer. I'm not a professional dancer. I think I need to modify expectations for when I come out of lockdown. But in, uh, just really manage those. Really manage those. You know, I didn't start at a very high level. So you're but, a dancer how I'm a comedian? There you go. No, prop, no. I think you're more of a comedian than I'm a dancer. But anyway, well, it, it's. Okay. I was. It's, I was hoping you'd say that. To be honest, it's <laughs> it's it's like. Um, but it's becoming. I feel like I could see a world in which that became more part of my identity. Not so yeah. I would be a professional dancer, but that I would be somebody who would feel. You know, like if someone said, "Right, we're going to do this choreography," I'd be like, "Oh, I, I'm excited about that. I know how to. Do, I have an in. I have a key in." Mm. As opposed to someone who goes, "Oh, not for me. I'll sit out of this." And I yeah. think I wouldn't. 
do you see what I mean? Next yeah, season yeah. of Strictly, people ask it. Exactly that. If I get my own TV show and then they ask me to do Strictly, I wouldn't be like, absolutely not. Shutters come down. I'd be like, oh, well, I do enjoy learning yeah. choreography. And I do have a sort of feel that feeling of a strong core. And I do know, I do know how to make my body go into lovely shapes. So yeah, I'd, I'd consider it. So that, that exact thing. Now I'm not quoting that with being trans, obviously, but I am. But identity is in... still, it's still identity that you're talking about, isn't it? Yeah, I'm talking about the fluidity of human of human beings. Yeah, that who we become in lockdown, or who we can develop into, you know, or who, you know, if if I'd not said to Tom, I really want to explore my bisexuality, I would still identify as straight with a bi curiosity. Yeah, and I might have died that way. Yeah, and it would still have been real. Yes, and that's the thing, real. but it would be unevolved. So. Yeah. What I think about these bi these non-binary teens that I know is that they may well transition forward or backwards. And I don't mean, I mean, side to side. I don't mean back, forward or backwards sounds pejorative. But they may <laughs> transition on or they may transition in a way that is more in line with their assigned gender at birth. And they're fine with it. Yeah. They're not saying this is forever. They're saying no. it might be. Let's see. Let's Let's explore. In that case puberty blockers being not reverse being reversible mm -hmm. do they alter anything in a significant way that is helpful or not helpful in terms of your ability for fluidity and i don't i don't really think so i think this this what do they about, do what do they do they hmm. um well, the short version is they stop your brain from telling your body to start making sex hormones. That's the short right. version. Um, and they've been used safely in, I mean, some of the statistics of them can, can be twisted to look quite scary because they also get used in like prostate cancer and things. Because obviously if you've got prostate cancer, you need to not have lots of testosterone telling your prostate to grow. Um, so there are people who are taking it who die. And then the way that we create statistics about pharmaceuticals means that that makes it look like it's a bit scarier than it really is. Trans kids are not getting ill because they're taking this medication. Trans kids are being kept healthy and in the long term made healthier because they're being given access to this medication. And that includes the tiny minority who end up identifying as the gender they were assigned at birth and as, as a cisgender member of that, of that identity. And does... Uh, and is it just again for for the you know if we have people tuning into this who are not sure where they sit and and they're wanting to be educated because they've heard lots of scary things on Twitter? Yeah, Twitter is a scary place. Do, do we know, or they've heard lots of scary things on Mum's Net or whatever? Do, do do you know the statistics on how many people who in their teenage years say? I'm trans and I want puberty blockers who uh, mm. decide when they're older, I'm, I, I was, I, I was, uh, my, my assigned gender at birth was female and I am a cis woman. So I don't know the statistics specifically for people who transition as teenagers, but um, there was a study. So, okay. The first thing to say is there's been some really bad research into this conducted at the university where I am now based, but not by me. <laughs> um, That's clear. And, um, a very, a very, very good article by Julia Temple Newhook and colleagues 
um, is if you're interested, if you're if you're really interested in this topic, I suggest following if you're if you're on Twitter, follow Gires. That's G I R E S, the Gender Identity Research and Education Society. Um, I'm their chair of research, and we've just awarded a prize for the paper that uh, Julia wrote with her colleagues, um, essentially taking apart this myth of um, the, the, the desistance myth, as it's known, because for a long time, um, based on extremely flawed evidence, people were sure that it was 80% or something. And it just isn't. It's just, that's just not true. Um, it's just profoundly untrue. The, they based it on the fact that the kids didn't, some of the kids didn't respond to the, quest, to the follow-up questionnaire. And they decided if, right. they didn't, if they didn't respond, that must be because they were cis, which is not how that works. Could be so busy. They might have been busy. They might have been angry because this clinic does not treat people that oh, well. Could have changed their address, just be, didn't get to it, went into their spam filter. Yeah. Or Parents didn't away, pass it on. Or like from... Change like, their address. Yeah. yeah. Or, or just don't, or, just like shut up, none of your business. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, I also think, you know, I, I, I want to be very careful. I think... As a as a community, um, and I, I would include the sort of feminists, trans inclusive feminists in this community, the sort of community that have conversations about trans stuff. We need to be really careful how we talk about suicide. But mm -hmm. I do think that that particular study, one of the flaws was that they hadn't accounted for the fact that some of those kids probably did kill themselves because they were being denied care. No, um, statistically, it's just likely that that's what. Mm -hmm. That, that, that explains at least some of that 80%. It's the VU, um, the Freie Universität Amsterdam. Um, if you want to read my research, the easiest thing to do is to go to rubes, R-E-U-B-S dot science. That's my website. Well, it's not actually a website yet, but it will redirect you to a page with my work on it. Rubes dot science. That's does me. what it says on the tin. It does. Eat, shoots and leaves. <laughs> Eat, shoots and leaves. Um, so, yeah, is... so follow... Also follow Jaya's on, on Twitter because we're going to be talking a lot about this issue in, in, in the um, coming weeks and months, especially because of this prize, but also the court case and what Liz Truss has been saying. Um, Wonderful. So, so we'd we, yeah, we need to follow and get on board. And I, I've been asking and write, you. write to your MPs, you know, if you, if you and tell your MP how extremely important it is to you as their constituent that, and if you know a trans person really well or are a trans person, write to your MP and say, this is not okay, especially if your MP is a conservative. I know they're a nightmare to deal with, but they're also the ones who have more influence in cabinet. And we really want to make sure that if this really is what Liz Truss is planning, that she's isolated in the cabinet and that the, the people who are, you know, um, that the decision-making process just doesn't go her way if that's what she's planning on. Mm -hmm. um, um, I, I worry that she's doing it during lockdown because everyone will be distracted. Yeah. And people can't protest. They can't go out on the street. Exactly. Um, so, 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 you know, if you're writing to your MP, also try and get five of your close friends to write to their MPs and try to get mm -hmm. them to get five of their close friends to write to their MPs and so on. Because I really think the more, the more, we, the more we can get, especially, especially the voices of, um, you know, People who, people who, you know, write as a feminist, as a cis feminist, uh -huh. this is my position. I think that will be really persuasive. Uh -huh. um, yeah. And, you know, make, make the economic argument. Like, mm. I know it's not about that, but make that argument because, especially if you've got a Tory MP, because... Yeah, go for what they care about. It's so quite, like, the left it, is also bad at this. It's like, 
go for the persuade persuasion the power of persuasion is about finding out what that person's value set is and demonstrating how the thing you want plays into their value set mm. banging on the door saying but look at my my noble value set yeah we don't have we don't share it yeah. it doesn't do anything and until we dismantle capitalism which isn't going to happen this wednesday pragmatic feminism gang i'm all about it um finally before we go mm. can i ask you um uh if you lockdown was over now what would you do are we i know i asked you this we did yesterday. that one yesterday <laughs> is there any that we didn't do off the list that you wanted to answer there is one thing i really this is this is something i show anyone who comes into my home and since you are in my home now yeah. um i want to show you my rather than the big pile of empty bottles on top of my fridge i want to show ah. you this Oh, is my poster of the anatomy of the brain. Rubes.science. Rubes.science. Um, and I was given that um, after my first uh, job in science when I was a teenager. They, wow. uh, they, gave, they gave me that at the end of the um, time that I was working there. Um, so that's, that's something that's, and it's been on the wall of everywhere I've lived since. Amazing. I absolutely love it. Um, Rubes, it has been, as always, a privilege and uh, to spend time with your throbbing intellect and your brilliant brain and your compassionate, uh, kind heart that builds bridges and, uh, and, and uh, sits in a space which allows understanding and allows people to come to an idea and not uh, be shouted out for not already having it. It's a, it's, it's a, you are the antidote to the 21st century. And uh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's a good line that's, for you, that's, I mean, thank you. And you as well. I mean, I, you know. We are both you, amazing. We are, <laughs> we are fucking being brilliant, Deborah. We're fucking brilliant. We're fucking brilliant. I mean, I haven't even had a drink. Um, uh, no, seriously, I do treasure our friendship. And uh, I can't wait to make this podcast with you because it's the podcast that is so needed right now. We have to crack on. As soon as my Netflix script is in, we have to crack on and start doing dirty pilots. Dirty. I don't mean filthy. I don't mean oi oi. I mean, I don't mean slow I blink mean, pilots. They might. I don't know. I don't. I, they, they, it could I end up a little bit. I don't mean saucy. I don't mean racy. Oh, look, they might be racy. Better but that's sexy not what and I meant. racy than sexist and racist. I mean, it's that kind of slogan. It's, that's that, not mine, but. <laughs> is it? Is it no, not? No, Stephen it's Fry, I think, it. said that. Who said it? Stephen Fry. Bloody Speaking cis of men get everywhere first, don't they? He had a platform <laughs> way before we did. That's true. That's no, true. I, if Stephen Fry, if you're watching, um, I'm very fond. I don't think um, he is watching. But honestly, you, I have dreams he about might. that. Someone might send this to him because he's mentioned. Oh, true. If you, I, if you watch this, Stephen Fry, I'm all about you. Let's make documentaries together. <laughs> indeed. Indeed. <laughs> Mental health. He, he, yeah. Okay. All right. Listen. We've uh, it's we've. Listen. Not only have we done a two-parter. This is the only one that's run over an hour. I ke I keep them all. I'm trying to keep this thirty forty-five minutes, and this has gone uh, nearly an hour and a half. Oh, so really? Yeah. But I mean, it's very difficult. You're interesting. We could have made it a three-parter, to be honest. Um, but we will do more educated guests, uh, fans of the show, um, and we've because we've gone over the hour, we've lost some people as well because they had to go onto their supper and start feeding their children and stuff um but fans of the show that are still around um uh it, would anyone be interested in uh, uh rubes walsh almost a doctor educated guests 
I think it should be called Educated Guess with Rubes Walsh, or with almost a Dr. Rubes Walsh. This, was that, is that a good title? Sure. Would you be keen on that if we did that? And then you, basically the idea is I bring some questions and also, but I bring like two questions, which I ask to kick, kick it off. And then you can ask any questions and you bring those questions. We should totally do this. It's such a good idea. We're, um, we're fucking yeah. brilliant, Deborah. We're fucking, again, we're fucking brilliant. Um, so many t-shirts. Um, I can't think of how many t-shirts there must be for Hannah at the merch store to pick from. Go to guiltyfeminist.com. Look at the merch. It's, they're print on demand. So there's no waste. You only, if you order it, all the, all the profit goes straight to the artist who said the, um, who said the slogan. Love you all. Next week, we've got Steve Alley on Monday. Uh, oh, he, is, he is in uh, the country. So um, uh, we are not living together. So I'm going to ask him how his lockdown is going and uh, what kind of activism we can do to help refugees. Uh, and then Thursday, we've got uh, Brona C. Titley, who is a brilliant comedian. and I love her. Um, I she's love fantastic. Her. And she does the Tracy Orman show and lots of sketch shows and things like that. And she was my head writer on my pilot next week's news. And she's just fantastic. And she's got a newborn. And I think she had to give birth during, like, it, all of this has gone on in the middle of it anyway. I don't know if she actually gave birth during the quarantine, but it was like around this time. So she's going to be talking to us about that and also just generally being her hilarious self. Uh, Tuesday, Wednesday and Friday, I will find out and get back to you. Bye, gang. Love you all. Bye, Rubes. Have a lovely love evening. And uh, I will... I will see you online, offline. <laughs> yes. Bye, everybody. Have a lovely Friday night. See you Monday. Bye. Bye. the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event. So give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always dive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824.